Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, again, Happy New Year. Are you guys aren't awake yet. Well, as we gather, it is a new year. It is the year 2020, and I'm going to do what probably a lot of pastors are going to do. We're going to play with the theme 2020, because it's just too hard to pass up. 2020, we're talking about a 2020 vision. But as we do that, we're not going to talk about a vision as for the congregation, but a vision for our own lives, a sense of what is our purpose as we begin this new year. And as we do that again, you know, each and every one of you should have one of these little, fun, shiny 3 by 3 cards. If you didn't, you raise your hands and the ushers can bring you one. You're going to need one of these as part of today's message. Now, as we do that, you know, we're going to begin by just simply asking a question. Now, you can begin to see why you have the shiny little card. What do you see when you see yourself? So, I want you to go ahead and take the card. You know, everyone else is going to do it, so don't worry. You're not the only one that's doing it. Go ahead and take a look. I know it's not the perfect mirror, but it's the cheapest and safest mirror that I could buy. I thought about glass mirrors. I thought people breaking it and cuts and mess and all that kind of stuff. But take a look, and what do you see when you see yourself? Now, don't answer that question. I just want you to ponder. This is kind of a little time for reflecting. What do you see when you see yourself? Now, I'll tell you one thing you see when you see yourself. You see someone who is older than yesterday. That's true, right? None of us get younger. I'm sorry, it does not work that way. You are a day older than yesterday and a year older than last year. What do you see when you see yourself? Take a look there again. So you put this down. Don't put it down yet. Come on. What do you see when you see yourself? Do you see someone who's tired? Someone who's worn out? Someone who's overwhelmed? Someone who's hopeful and joyful, anticipating? Do you see someone who identifies themselves as, as a brother or a sister or a mom or a dad, a son or a daughter? What do you see when you see yourself? So we're beginning this new series, 2020 Vision, and we're going to explore that question. What do you see when you see yourself? We're going to do that this morning. You can go ahead and put this down now unless you're like looking at yourself. Make sure you look good. Uh, what do you see when you see yourself? We're going to explore this as we take a look here this morning at Ephesians chapter 2, our text that we read just a few minutes earlier. This Ephesians is an epistle, which is a fancy way of saying a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the early Christians in Ephesus. And kind of much like, you know, we read a portion of that here in worship today, that's likely what they did, is they had house churches, and they had the scriptures, so that this letter that Paul wrote, and one house church would read it, and they would share it with another one, and then another one would share it with the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and they would read through that. And we read through these words, and these words from Ephesians 2 are some very familiar words for us, especially 8 and 9. Probably the translation you might be a little more familiar with is, for we are saved by grace. We're going to take a look there at beginning at verse number 1. And let's read these words together. You were once dead because of your trespasses and sins. Now, the translation we read just a little earlier said, you were once dead because of your failures and sins. Sometimes it says wrongdoings. But we're going to use the word trespass. I think it's a better word. But you were once what? Dead. Stop right there. You were once dead. So what do you see when you see yourself? When you see yourself, you see someone who was once dead. Dead, not physically dead, but spiritually dead. Spiritually, we have no life in us. That goes back to 
what happened long ago to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve passed on some genetic traits to us, but also not just genetic traits, you know, like do you have fuzzy hair, do you have a lot of hair, do you have no hair, you know, are you tall, are you broad, are you fast, are you smart, you know, all of those things that, that our parents pass on to us and we pass on to our children, you know, one of the things that we pass on, and that's one of the reasons we have, you know, a baptism here, is that part of that is what's passed on to us is that spiritual death. As part of a sin in our world. You were once dead because of your trespasses and sins. You were once dead. What do you see when you see yourself? Because your trespasses and sins. Your trespasses. Let me ask a question now. How many of you have ever trespassed before? Few of you are honest to admit that you have been where you don't belong. I could tell you a few stories. I could. I may not. You know, there was one story that it was in high school, hanging out with the guys, and we were trespassing. We were where we did not belong. We were exploring a new apartment complex under construction. It was kind of fun to explore it. You know, we climbed up a couple stories. There was no floor, so you imagine that if my mom ever found out, thankfully she's not watching this live, <laughs> that, you know, we didn't fall off and get hurt. I also know that because we were trespassing, we were where we didn't belong. By the way, this is not advocating for anybody to go do this. You know, there was this one car that kept circling around every once in a while, and we would hide. Because on top of that car were these lights. <laughs> we were where we didn't belong. And, and so we are, we are dead, as, as Paul says, because of our trespasses. Because we are where we don't belong spiritually and relationally with God. We are where we don't belong because we trespass against God and against one another. We were also once dead, not only because of our trespasses, but because of our sins. We talk about sin. There's a number of theological, churchy jargon words that we use to talk about sin. And they don't exactly come from Scripture, but they come from a number of Scripture verses. So they help us understand what sin is. We talk about sin. We talk about sin that is original sin. Now, original sin, that goes back to Adam and Eve. That's what makes us spiritually dead. That's what they passed on to us. Just like, again, if your parents passed on to you really good eyesight or not good eyesight, whether they passed on to you having a lot of hair or not so much hair, they passed on to you what their parents passed on to them, what their parents' parents passed on to them, all the way back to Adam and Eve, who were created perfectly, but when they sin, sin entered the world, and so part of that trait, that heritage that is passed on from generation to generation is sin. It's a part of each and every one of us. And then so there's original sin, and then there's what we call actual sin. You know what actual sin is? Actual sin is a fancy way for saying the things that we do, but the things that we don't do that we should do. The things that we often knowingly do. The things we think, the things we say, the things that we physically do. Those are our sins. And even from there, we can talk about sins, and for those of you who are in like confirmation, sins of Omission and sins of commission. Omission, the things that we should have done that we didn't do. Like when we should have been generous. And instead of being generous, we were what? Stingy. Greedy. Sometimes we should have shown someone grace and we did what? We were bitter and angry. The times that we should have, you know, helped someone out. Stepped in for someone. Defended someone. Instead we ran away and we hid and we weren't there for them. Those are sins of, of omission. Sins of commission 
are the sins that, you know, we do do. Do, do. That, make, that sounds so deep. The sins that we do do, um, the things that get us into trouble, the things that we know that we're saying, and, you know, the times we say, I'm going to do this because I want to do this. The times that we hurt someone else because of what we do. The times we cause someone offense or pain, that we break a relationship. You were once dead because of your sins and trespasses. So let's go back to that question again. You know, if you want to hold up that mirror again, fix your hair. You know, what do you see when you see yourself? You see someone who was once dead because of trespasses and sins. Someone who once had no life. Now, listen to Paul's words. Someone who was what? Once dead. That means now Paul goes on, he goes back into verses 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, and talks about how we now have life in Jesus Christ. We've been newly created in Jesus. Even as we celebrate a baptism today for the lady, we celebrate this new life that God gives through simple water and his word. A new creation. A new life. What do you see when you see yourself? Let me ask you this question. How many of you know the story of Sleeping Beauty? Are you familiar with that? You know, especially the Disney version? Yeah, it was celebrated an anniversary last January last year because it was, came out in 1959. You know, if you don't know the story, if it's been a while since you've watched that, just a quick review. You had King Stefan and, and Queen Leah who desperately wanted to have a child. And finally, after waiting for such a long time, they have Princess Aurora. In the celebration of her birth, you know, they invite these three fairies, and they neglect to invite this one fairy because, well, she's just not so nice. And she gets angry and bitter about this, so she curses Princess Aurora and says, on the evening of her 16th birthday, before the sun is set, you know, she's going to touch the spindle of a spinning wheel, and she's going to do what? Some of you see you don't know the story. She's going to die. But then the other fairies, you know, push things back just a little bit. She's not going to die. That would be t- that's not a Disney story. She's going to fall into a deep sleep. And she's going to remain in this deep sleep for how long? Until, I hear some of you whisper it, you know, yeah, until she receives the kiss. Not just a kiss, but the kiss of true love. See, I, I, I think in this story, you know, we can see, you know, ourselves. In the story of Sleeping Beauty, we can see ourselves. Because not, we are not in a deep sleep, but we are dead spiritually. And it's not the prince who comes to kiss us. Well, maybe it is. It's the prince of heaven. It's Jesus Christ, whose birth we just celebrated. He's the one who comes to bring us back to life. You see, Sleeping Beauty did not get out a hatchet and start hacking away at all the thorns and stuff like that and seek out the prince to get that kiss that she needed. The prince had to come to her. And this was exactly what Paul is getting at. He goes, he goes, there's nothing we can do. No matter how good we may think we have been, no matter how hard we tried, there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. There's no bragging, no boasting. We are spiritually dead until the prince of heaven gives us that kiss. Until the prince of heaven gives his life for us. Who do you see when you see yourself? You see one for whom the God says, the prince of the universe says, you are loved. 
you are worthy. You are of great value. So, you know, we see ourselves as one who was once dead. We see our trespasses, our sins. We know that. But then Paul goes on to begin describing, you know, God. Our, one of our seminary professors talked about God, kind of first made us think he was talking about what God looked like because he talked about God's big butt. But that sounds really weird. But he, he talked about it this way. He was no conjunction, guys, conjunction. But Ephesians 2, 4, let's read this together. But God is rich in mercy because of his great love for us. Mercy. Mercy is a court term. You don't get what you deserve. Have you ever not gotten what you deserve? Well, we don't get what we deserve in God, so we can all shake our heads. But yeah, we don't get what we deserve. That's mercy. Because of his great love for us. How great is God's love for us? Familiar with John 3.16, God so loved the world, right? This great love that he has for us. He loves the world this way that he gave his only son. What do you see when you see yourself? You see someone that God sees as important. Someone that God sees as a great value. That's how God sees you. I don't know how the world sees you, how you see yourself, how others may think you should see yourself, but God sees you as a great value. Familiar with this painting here? This painting is, you know, by one of the greatest artists that's ever lived, Leonardo da Vinci. This is the Mona Lisa. I mean, this is a phenomenal painting. And, you know, think about this painting that Leonardo painted. In 1962, they decided to insure this painting. You know, an artwork, artwork is kind of hard to put a value on. I mean, there's some artwork that you sometimes see and you're like, really? That's Art? And, you know, sometimes you get artwork, and, and it's because, you know, your mom or dad or grandma and grandpa, and it's the best thing ever. And that little scribbly thing goes on in the refrigerator, and you just treasure it, right? Because it has value. Because why? Because you love the one who made it. And, and, and you have great love for that. That has value because you say so. Well, in 1962, they did this to the Mona Lisa. They put an insurance on it for $1 million. In the year 2020, so this new year, that would be the equivalent of about $8.5 million. That's a lot of money. How much more valuable are you, one of God's originals? One of the ones where it says in Jeremiah that, you know, he wove us together in our mother's womb. And the value that God places on us is not the value of, of U.S. dollars, not a million, not 8.5 million, but the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Which says we are saved by grace, that we who were once dead are made alive, newly created in Jesus Christ. This shows us the value that God places on us. So when we see ourselves, when you see yourself, see yourself as one for whom God loves one who God says, you are important. You are so valuable that I give the life of my son. Now let's jump down to the last verse that we read earlier this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and let's read this together. God has made us what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live lives filled with good works that he has prepared for us to do. God has made us. God has made you what you are. He has created you in Christ Jesus 
to live these lives of good works. God has made you what you are. Now, some of the other translations you may be familiar with sound like this. And let's just kind of read these together. For we are his what? His handiwork. Or we are his workmanship. We are his creative work. We are his masterpiece. See, the, the word in the original language in the Greek is poiomia. And poiomia really has a sense of creative, artistic work. Think about, you know, like the Mona Lisa and this great creative work. And Paul is saying that you, you are one of God's original creative works. You are one of his masterpieces. This creative word, you know, we even get an English word from this. I don't know if you can kind of pull that out, you know, but the word poem comes from this word here. God's creative work. God's masterpiece. It's used one other time in Scripture. Romans 1.20. It says, From the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly observed in what He made. In what He has created. What do you see when you see yourself? You see yourself as one whom God says is important, is of great value. You see yourself as one says, as God says, that he has a unique plan and a purpose for our lives. Well, let's revisit this great painting by Leonardo da Vinci, the Mona Lisa. You know, here's a few facts about the Mona Lisa that you may not know. Did you know this is a piece of artwork that Leonardo never finished? This work is not yet done. He was still working on it when he died. This is a guy that, that he, you know, he, just to, for the details of things, he put undergarments on Mona Lisa that, you know, we can't really see there, but just so you, that you get the sense that they are there underneath the clothing. The guy who studied facial muscles so that he could understand, you know, what the smile looks like. It's something he never considered it done until he had simply perfected it. So this, this is why he never gave this piece of artwork to the one who commissioned it. He took it wherever he went from city to city, working on it, perfecting it. His masterpiece. You see, you and I are God's masterpiece. What do you see when you see yourself? Do you see yourself as God sees you? Do you see yourself as God sees you? God sees you. God sees you as so important, of such great value that he gave his son Jesus. God sees you as one of his masterpieces, and he is not yet done. He continues working on you and me, each and every one of us. As Paul says elsewhere, that he'll complete that work on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are someone for whom God has a unique plan and purpose for his life. As his masterpiece, as his creative work, we live God's grace. So that when others see us, the good works they see us do, the good works and things that we do and say, are an expression of God's grace in our lives, of his mercy and his love. 
So as we think now about, as we come to the close of this year, go ahead and, and you know, you pull out your mirror again, every one of you. I only got three of you, all of you. And as you think about this, this question here, how will you live as God's unfinished masterpiece? You know, as you look at this again, and you can take these home with you if you want. You can put them back in the, when you lectures leave. But see yourself as one. Again, one, someone that God says, you are important. You are of value to me. That's the God of the universe speaking to you. The other is, you are God's masterpiece. And he says, I'm not done with you yet. I am still working on you. I love you. I value you. That's who you are. And we become the expression of that love, of that grace, and that mercy each and every day. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the vision that you give us of ourselves. Lord, so often we, we listen to the world around us. We listen to the culture and society. We, we know the things we've done and said and the things we have failed to do. We know the thoughts that run through our minds. We know our trespasses and sins. Lord, the vision we have of ourselves is often a vision that is not the vision you have of us. We thank you for the vision you have of us, the way that you see us, that you value and you love us so much, that you gave your son Jesus for us. We thank you and we praise you that we are, as your creative work, as your masterpiece, not yet done, and that you continue working in us and on us to be an expression of that grace and love. Lord, help us as we launch into this new day, this new week, this new year, to be an expression of that grace and that mercy and that love through what we say, through what we think, and through what we do. We pray this, Jesus, in your name and God's people's name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.